Welcome to the OA Light Light a Candle Meeting Podcast. Visit our website at www.oalaig.org where you'll find three separate speaker feeds with over 400 speaker files, forms for ordering CDs for these speakers, and a place to donate to keep this special service active. I would now like to introduce our speaker for tonight, Steve. Thank you. I'm Steve, a grateful member of this program, and an honor to be here and to be asked and uh, to carry the message. I have this, uh, this message that's passed on to me of love and tolerance from, uh, from sponsors of past, and um, I've been in a few 12-step programs and got into OA 2009, and um, my story is I come from a family where I got to eat pretty much whatever I wanted, and so I would eat bagels and cream cheese and boxes of cereal, the milk and the cereal, you do that trick where there's milk, and, and there's a, now the cereal's too wet, add more cereal, and now add more <laughs> milk, and, and do that whole thing until the box is gone. And it's really like, until I'm done. And I'm never done. That's the thing I got to learn, is that I have this thing that makes me want more and more called cravings. And it just will not stop. And the more I eat, the more I hate myself. And the more I hate myself, the more I want to eat. And this pattern goes, and I typically want to look for everything and everybody else to blame and not take responsibility for myself. And in the program got me to take responsibility and start to look at myself and got to make me see what was not my responsibility. Because I'm in another program, too, where everything's my fault, so I think, and, and I take on too much, and then what really is mine, I don't look at. And so I got to see that with the help of a sponsor and working through the steps. And so getting into addiction... I was always trying to escape reality. I just loved fantasy world and being in my head was just better than what was out there. And so sex and food and drugs are part of my story, always trying to feel good. I always want to feel good. And as soon as life on life's terms comes, I'm just like, if it's going my way, I like it. But as soon as it's not, as soon as like there's something there, and it's what that something is is typically a lesson if I'm willing to stop and listen. And uh, but so many times there were lessons over and over again, and then it just it just turned into like I just don't get this thing called life, and everybody seems like they do. I don't know how to live it. And so as my addiction got stronger and stronger, um, through that I got married. I was married for 16 years, and. Um, Toward the end of the marriage, about a few, a few years before it ended, um, I learned about, and I had been in other programs uh, since then, and uh, was sober for a long time, sponsoring lots of guys, and, um, but I hadn't been to OA yet. And so I got into OA because I was at my other meeting, and I was like, I went there on a typical Wednesday night, and I was like there, and everyone was like, gathering around me, asking me, hey, like, will you sponsor me, or what's going on, like this, and wanting to talk to me, and kind of like that rock star mentality, you know, sometimes you see people, in a, and people come, and not that I want that, and that's not the message I'm trying to give, but it's like, 
people would come up and instead of being like that, it's like, hey, I got this problem. I just overate before this meeting and I feel like shit about myself. And instead of like sitting there and being like, oh, yeah, yeah, uh, page this is the big book and page, you know, that whole thing. It was like, I can't like live like this anymore. So I went to the 100 pounders and I'm not a 100 pounder, but I went to the 100 pounders in uh, Reseda and I was like, um, and I walked in and I started to hear my story. And I was like, this is where I need to be. Because there's all the, like, I've always looked for those escapes. And food was the last escape for me. And the first I got to learn as doing the steps. That was my first escape and comfort was to go to food. And so I got to learn about the steps and learn how to apply them in my life. And my life got better. And um, in uh, step one, just learning about how powerless that I am over what goes on in my head. And uh, not the first thought, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I'm powerless over that, but the next action I could take, and that, we get into step three, but um, it's, it's that feeling of like, I don't feel comfortable, I got to get out of this, my, I, uh, and then food, and it's like, yes, okay, this feels good, and, uh, and being never enough, and getting really full, and I'm an addict also to play basketball. Like, uh, there was a time when I was playing basketball nine times uh, a week. And, um, and so, had I not played basketball, I'm a three or four hundred pound guy the way I eat. The way I eat is I'm, we're out to dinner together and I'm looking at your plate and I'm scanning to see what you have. You probably have something better than me. What, and I don't have enough, and you have something better, and maybe you're not going to finish it. Like, I'm going to finish all mine, and I'm going to have some leftovers. And so I became like the garbage disposal. Like, people would say, oh, pass it to Steve. I don't care what it was, just pass it. If it was something to, I want it, I want it, I want it. And I could eat a lot, and people say, where does it go? And when I got into, uh, or I should say my heaviest weight was about 35 pounds heavier than this, so it's not like I was, you know, really big or anything. Like people would say, why are you going to Overeaters Anonymous? And so, so being rather thin and eating all I can is a blessing and a curse. Blessing because I could remain physically okay to the outside world. Curse because I could stay in that thing called denial one more day and, and just be like, it's, I was, it was like cute. Like he was the, the guy, oh, that's cute. He could eat so much and it was so cute that watch how much he could eat and he doesn't, and I, and I ran with that for decades and it started not to get so cute <laughs> and I started to like hate myself and um, I remember uh, uh, getting in, or just before OA, I learned about a different way of eating. And I'm somebody who eats um, hamburgers and hot dogs. And you name it, burritos, Chinese, Indian food, all of it in all of the different combinations. Lots of meat, lots and lots of meat. <clears throat> and so I heard about this uh, way of eating called raw veganism. And I was like, what's that? And I heard about all the benefits. And I was like, well, I like all the benefits, but I would never give up this, 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 and this. And uh, I am now, for the last three years, raw vegan. And so I would people who know me, least likely to ever eat like that. I mean, because I grew up with um, 
with maybe an apple a month and maybe a banana a month. <laughs> maybe uh, some iceberg lettuce. When I remember I was 16 years old and I first had my first vegetable, iceberg lettuce, smothered in blue cheese. So me being a raw vegan is people who know me are like, that's crazy. Steve, I know Steve, you know, used to do barbecues and all that stuff. And, um, and so when I heard about it, I liked it and... But I couldn't stay with it. And so for about three years, I danced between eating the way that I wanted to and it felt so great and my old way of eating. And um, lots of people would say, well, can't you just eat, you know, not be totally raw, but just do like, like some stuff here. It's like, but when I start to eat some stuff here, I want more stuff here <laughs> and more. And it's just, it's never enough. And... Um, and even like broccoli, you know, I, I've heard people say I could even overeat broccoli here. And it's like, yeah, I can if it's cooked, but if it's raw, I won't be able to. And I got to learn that the water and fiber send signal to the brain that says I'm satisfied. And I, so I really wanted to eat this way, but I couldn't quite stay, stay on it. And so after about two and a half, three years is when I walked into OA because I knew it was like, here I am again, and I know there's a solution. And I know that solution is that I need to get with people that understand about the compulsive nature and the, the not enoughism and the, the why is everything happening to me and pointing the finger and three or pointing back and all these things that we learn here is um, I knew there was a place. And I needed to go to that place. And so when I went to the, an OA meeting and I started to hear how people talked about food the way I think about food and some of the same experiences, and it was just like, okay, I'm home. And, <clears throat> and so I got into it and, um, and I got um, abstinent right away, got myself a sponsor. And then uh, and my abstinence uh, was that I would eat raw veganism. That's my food plan. And any time I didn't, I would reach out to a sponsor, or friend, fellow, and report what I didn't, what was not on that. And that kind of worked for a while, but it turned out that around Christmas time, I started to get lackadaisical about it, and I let the holidays be an excuse for me. <coughs> Excuse me. Cheers. <laughs> And I let it be an excuse for me, and um, I'm too busy. I'm too busy to check in my food, too busy to this. And then it turned into another downhill slide, and so I even got a little taste of relapse in, uh, in OA and how I was just like, it was too much trouble, too much this, too much that. And then the feeling of that, of, of going back down that hole again, and that lasted for about two or three months, and then I get back into it February 15, 2010, when I've been raw since, and um, and so it's, I I had to go through a lot of stuff in eating this this food plan that is considered radical by most, and um, lots of it was the questions I had: Is it good for you? Is it this or that? And so much of that that I got to learn was myth that I grew up with to um, to stuff that people want you to believe now and all that, which I, will, of course, will not get into, but I got to have to deal with all the outside things on how I eat and how everybody, 
around me seemed to be so obsessed, including my ex-wife, with what I was eating. And it was, it was my plate, my food, and I got from my Al-Anon program, I got to be able to just, my wife, you eat whatever you want. I'm not going to ever try to change that. But she was, at that time, really against it, and it was like, I felt so bad about it. I was like, shame, and she was like, this is crazy, this is stupid, you're this, you're wasting your money, and all, so many health things that were going on in me have reversed. So much, I mean, for me, my food plan has changed my life to where I'm in a career in my food plan now. And fully on, I've left the corporate world to go do this 100%. And it is booming and is happening. And so much of what works with me is that I bring my experience into the situation when I do talks and when I coach people and stuff like that. Because that's the, the beauty of the program is like, Bill Wilson, it's not like he read a manual on it to go teach Dr. Bob. He had the direct experience of knowing what it's like to be in it and to be powerless over it and to feel all the shame and self-hatred. And, and so learning about step one, how powerless I am over that, oh, i got to have it and I want it and I don't care and F everybody, I'm going to do what I want to do and I'm going to find the way to do it rationalize and justify so I could get my way and I could get my food or get my addiction or get my whatever so I could feel okay. And that, that works and makes me feel good for about five, ten seconds, maybe five or ten minutes if I'm lucky. And then it's like back down, back down to me again. And all that was was I got to learn that I'm addicted to so many character defects and that always trying, always trying, always trying. And so, let's see, I'm about 15 minutes. So, so through like the first three steps, those were like the big ones for me. And to really learn and, and embody them and that, that I am powerless and that my life, look at me, look at, look at all this stuff going on in my head and how, right? And, and so I came into the program as a believer in God, no specific religion, but some kind of belief in God. So step two, I looked at and said, I don't need step two. Let's just go to step three. Once and for all, I need to make this decision to just grow up and be a man and like and face my stuff. And uh, I don't even need step two. And what I got to learn is that step two was huge for me. That was the that was the biggest because of of the opposite step two, the negative step two I had, and now I'm going to explain what that is. Um, I got to learn in, in working the steps that step two, I was told to write a list of, of things about God that work for me and that I believe in and stuff that I don't. And I also got to make a list of people that were my first higher powers. And, and what they were like, and how I put that higher power onto God. And so, higher power number one, mom. Mm. Higher power number two, dad. So, my higher power, as much as I believed in whatever is out there, and in that there's something bigger and all of that, there was still this other stuff I was putting on that power that was blocking me that I didn't know was happening. So... One of the things that mom, my higher power, would hit me. My higher power would love me and compliment me. 
and criticize me and depending on what mood that higher power was in. And so I would... I was I got really good at walking into a room and watching people's expression and seeing if they bat an eyebrow uh, lash and eyebrow all the sensitivity that's like oh am I okay am I okay okay they like me okay they don't I went through this whole thing working the steps through that itself and so my mom did that and I got to learn that she was doing the best she can with the tools she was given and then some of the things I had a right to be angry about some of the stuff growing up as a kid being the class clown, trying to get attention, trying to always, in in causing trouble, getting kicked out of elementary schools. Sure, all of those things are, you know, justifiable anger to somebody who's not an addict. And and so, but her behavior wasn't. And so it, it, you know, and and she's an untreated Al-Anon, and I won't get into any other programs, but, but her stuff went on to me. And I got to embrace, or not embrace, but take on that stuff for years, not even knowing I was taking it on. And so my dad was the one that I really loved, and uh, he was just like everything to me, and my second higher power, and he died when I was 13. So my higher power is unstable and moody, and am I a good boy? Am I a bad boy? And my higher power may not always be there in the end. These are the things that I learned about a higher power through my life experience that I put on God without me even knowing it. So I was blocked from really embracing step three. So I got to unlearn what I've learned, as Yoda would say. And, um, and I, got to, I got to work the steps through it. And I got to say that, learn that God is always there for me. Because God's right here always and that God is always stable that it's my ego that's always unstable and always worried about circumstances and if I'm going to get some or not get some and all of this calculation so I could feel good in the end and I got to release that um, by working the steps shining the light on it um, one of the uh, the tools from another program called the three A's, some of you know, is acceptance, excuse me, um, awareness, acceptance, and action. Steps one, two, three. So awareness in step one is really just shining the light on what is. And acceptance in step two is really just embracing that, okay, I did the best I could. They did the best they could. And I get to accept life as it is on life's terms and and want to do step three, and want to do step three. That was the thing, is like before coming into program, it was like, okay, I know there's something wrong with me. I know, I already believe in God, so I don't really need to forget step two, and I need to do something about it, step three, finally, once and for all. And so my whole thing was like, if I, if, um, I just need to once and for all have enough willpower to do step three. Instead of looking at the fact that if I really embrace step two and I really believe that a power greater than me can restore me to sanity, then step three is easy. It's a a no-brainer. Of course, I'm going to go there. But I don't believe. And I have these, these things that happen and stuff inside this thing called my mind, the monkey mind that is never satisfied, always wanting more, always trying to find fault outward, not wanting to look at myself or taking on too much that's not mine, and all of that. And so in working the steps, I get a different 
perception of life, because it's never about what's happening out there. It's always my perception of what's happening out there. And so I got to work on this in, uh, in the rooms. I got to work on it outside of the rooms. I got to work on stuff in the rooms that came to my awareness in OA itself. And I got to see that sometimes people don't want to hear that I'm a vegan or that I'm a raw vegan. And some people, after talking to them later, got to judge me, thinking that I'm judging them for not being vegan. Because vegans do that. Or some vegans do that. And, and so, I got, to, I got to just learn that, that nobody can possibly disturb me without my permission. And nobody could really disturb me without them reflecting something about me that I need to work on. And I got to see that when some people might have been upset with me or whatever their thing is with me, I got to just know that, hey, that's their stuff. Working an Al-Anon program, that's their stuff. They're, working, they're seeing some mirror in me that they don't like. And I'm reflecting that into them. And I got to embrace and accept everybody, including me, with all of it. And that's where the perspective really changed, was to like fall in love with me as I am with all my quirks, with all my shortcomings, character defects, that I am enough, I am okay, as I am, not like I have, if I do this, this, that's how I grew up, the mentality is if I do this and this and this, then I'm going to be okay, instead of I'm already okay right now and I just have to see it. Just like in the 11th step, I love the word conscious contact with God, that word conscious, because I got to learn that I'm always connected to God. There's never been a separation, ever. I just was unconscious of the fact that I was connected. So we improve our conscious contact with God. So in wrapping up, and I do want to save a few minutes, at least for a few questions, is that when I get to see God through the eyes of my higher... Excuse me. When I get to see life through the eyes of my higher power then I have a really good life and a really good experience. If I look through life through the eyes of my mom or my ego or whatever those character defects, then I'm going to love life on one condition, that everything goes my way. And as soon as it doesn't, I'm going to be scrambling, blaming, fighting, victimizing, being the, playing the victim, all of that stuff that is not real but I made up in my head that shoots out to other people and it's not very fun to be around. But when I'm of love and of light, as I naturally am, I believe God lives in here. I embrace page 55 in the big book that says that and that it's deep down within me. And I always thought it was out, out there, out there and can I be good enough in it? It's always been here. It's always been the gold. And um, one of the, the things that an analogy I heard before program, and I, it reminds me of program so much, is that Michelangelo was asked, how do you make such a beautiful horse? And he says, I look at the block of marble, and I take away anything that's not the horse. And that's what the steps do. The steps just chip away of who I'm not. Because all I really am is the love and the joy and the abundance that we... Uh, I think it's like page 123 or something. We are sure that God wants us to be happy, joyous, and free. That We are sure of it. That is our natural baseline. 
And if we're off of that, then something is up and something is wrong. And that something is my perception of what's going on. And I get to work that out with a sponsor or another member or something so that I can see clearly again, act appropriately, and then there's a whole other love vibration happening going back and forth. And I've had experience with that and that growing, and I love that. I love this thing called life, and things are happening to me so much in career-wise, relationship-wise, people-wise. It is the greatest life ever. And it's unbelievable that I get to wake up and wake up the way I eat, without an alarm clock, with the birds, happy for life. I love it, and I love you, and that's it. Thanks for letting me share. So, any questions? Yes. My spiritual practice for the day. When I am at my... The question is, what is the spiritual practice for the day? So, when I am at my best, and I am definitely perfectly imperfect, um, I will wake up and pray, do like the third step prayer, and, and invite God in, and, and gratitude. Um, I will meditate, and I will uh, go to a meeting. I will also write um, on, uh, amongst, uh, in my Al-Anon group, amongst of 75 men on an email list that we do 10 things we're grateful for every day. And so I get to see other people's gratitude lists and I get to write a gratitude list every day. And, um, and then making calls and connecting with others when things are going up instead of like I could handle it. Uh, one of the things I used to say all the time, it's no big deal. It's no big deal. It's no big deal. It's no big deal. And then it's a big deal. All those little no big deals. <laughs> so I need to like, I need to express myself and I need to talk it out and not stay in the problem and not talk to a sponsor about blah, 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 all this stuff because they got time too. But really like, let's get to the solution of it and what's going on. And typically the backbone of what's going on is I'm feeling like I'm not enough and somebody just triggered that in me. Yeah. Well, a couple things. Um, I mean, this isn't OA stuff, but I do seek nutrition because I know that when I get the nutrition I need, cravings diminish dramatically. But there's also nutrition, emotional nutrition. So a lot of times if I stay connected with my brothers and, and really stay in that vibe of connection, then I'm getting that nurturing and that nutrition and that I need, then I need less to seek it outside. So I, I stay connected with the food, which serves me, and I stay connected with the food, the, the emotional and spiritual food of connection with other beings instead of isolation, which is the worst thing I could do in the world, and be up here and think. Yes. Uh, yeah, the, the question is, how does my abstinence and food plan differ for me? Uh, what's the difference? And it used to be different where I could eat anything in the world, and uh, I would still be abstinent as long as I told the sponsor or something. Now, I, it's pretty much it's a veganism, or I should say veganism, because I, I believe in honey. <laughs> um, so, um, but, but anyway, so, yeah, so, so right now my abstinence and food plan are pretty much the same, and I've also let off it, on it a little bit. Uh, last, a few months ago, at the end of the year, I wanted to purposely eat cooked food. 
for a few reasons. One, I wanted to break that thing of like, I am like so in a box that and kind of relax with it. I told people I was doing it before. I even made a video on it on YouTube. All that. Um, and, um, it's an ex- and I wanted to do it as an experiment. But so part of what I've done, I've like let down a little bit on my abstinence and more of like I just keep coming back. I don't even have real cravings for all, thank you. So I don't even have cravings like I used to. So I get to, I just get to eat in abundance if I eat the right kinds of foods now. So I'm feeling pretty, pretty good about it, if that answered the question. Okay, so thank you so much, everyone. Thank you.